Hello and welcome to the Health Binge Podcast. I'm Adam Lahey and beside me here is... Stephen Ryan. Now for anyone listening the first time, in case you missed it last week, this is the show where I, in all my health and fitness wisdom, which is none, agreed to help Stephen lose weight. Now Stephen, just for anyone listening the first time, why exactly, how did it come about that you needed an entire documentary series to help you lose weight? Well, I needed to lose weight because I got very fat. I had just finished college had given about a year and a half without getting any exercise in proper. Dislocated my elbow, I then was just letting that heal. I wasn't able to play sports and then when I was able to play sports, my all my attention was focused on finishing college. So basically time passed, I just built up so much weight that it became problematic. So I decided I wanted to lose it and I felt I needed an accountability buddy. And that's where I came in. Exactly. The most qualified person you could find. <laughs> we started last week with a visit to City Gym in Limerick. And there we met the, the gym owner, Gary Ben, who had an incredible story to tell and had you doing a bit of powerlifting. Yeah, it was a great experience and great talk. I think it just helped to put me in the mindset for, for getting back into exercise and things because it didn't take too long and you just, I came away with a sense of accomplishment. So I think that was important. So with, with that in mind, we're saying you're more motivated what have you been doing this week i will say this week hasn't lived up to my expectations for a number of reasons one of the main things was my heel i climbed keeper last week i was wearing new boots and my heel got caught and it hasn't properly healed if you'll pardon the expression yet it's still sore and it prevents me from doing things now i bought these kind of blister plasters to try help it but they keep peeling off but nonetheless, so far this week, in terms of exercise, I went, I went to football training. Now, I will say I have felt the benefits in terms of fitness because even in training where I'd be normally just dying a death, I opted to, at the end of the losing team, had to do sprints. And I opted since I was already there to just join in the sprints anyway, even though I was on the winning team. Oh, good man. So it's little things like that it have just been niggling me. And now I feel I've got a bit of a throat or chest infection coming on. So hopefully that won't really take As well as a big bag of excuses. It's a big bag of excuses, yeah. I've really just, I've set aside the whole fitness thing and just gone in for the excuses altogether. Excuse binge. Now you were telling me uh, a while ago that you're finding it hard to work in the exercise. I have found that it's been quite difficult to work in the exercise. I see a lot of it again is where I'd normally go, right, I'm going to climb keeper and my, that would be my attitude. I'm going to go for a walk like we've been blessed with the weather the last couple of weeks. So this would be my instinct would be to get up and go for a walk, go for a climb, go do something active like that. But as soon as I put on my football boots or my shoes or my hiking boots, heel is just niggling me. So I sort of am restricted and I should be probably substituting that with gym work, but I haven't been doing that. That's definition health binging. That's where you're falling down. You're going, I'm going to climb Keeper Hill. This is going to be my exercise. And I'm going to bring it back to what Gar told us last week is you've got to set yourself small, realistic goals. And that doesn't mean it affects your larger arc, but you have to set small goals for yourself and and that means a routine that means not trying to work in a day where you go right i'm doing everything today it means small incremental things exactly like you said last week. this was exactly what happened this morning i was going okay i've got i'm going to have my way in today so i need need to lose a power of weight before lunchtime this was kind of the the general process in my head now i got dressed to go for a run and i put on the shoes and i realized now I'm only going to damage the heel more and in the long term I'm going to put myself out. But yeah, lack of regiment I think. Now I'm not a regimental person in that while one day I might be gone and driving back from Dublin at two in the morning and another morning I might have a job that morning and have to get up at cockroach, you know. So I'm really not regimented in my lifestyle but I do need to nonetheless find regiment in both eating and exercising for sure and it's something i'm really gonna have to call you up on and, and niggle about that your lifestyle is wrong my lifestyle is wrong but at the same time i don't think i can just completely change myself to meet the goal of 
exercise and eating healthy I need to sort of find the time to exercise every day that's I just haven't been doing that and I need to do that and even when something goes wrong like my heel if the exercise that I want to do isn't available I need to have a backup plan and I just haven't been able to wrap my head around that yet and I think that's the problem I think the problem is your attitude and your mindset about it like like we talked again I'm going to keep bringing up Gary because he gave some really good advice you got to enjoy it. And the way you're talking about it now means you're not enjoying it. And you're seeing it as something that's really, really difficult and it's arduous and you just go, well, now is not the right time to do it. But you need to set yourself little small goals where you set the alarm for half an hour earlier or set back whatever you think you need to do that day, a half an hour and go, right, I'm going to do 20 minutes of a workout. I'm going to do a small little run. I'm going to take a walk. Build that into your daily routine. What you need to do, you need to get yourself a little diary, a day planner, and schedule in all the things you have to do, but don't use exercise as something that has to be fitting around them. That's just as important. Mm, That's true. I do think, actually, the diary idea, even for food, because it'll guilt me into... But again, that's wrong. That's You're putting the stigma on yourself. Guilt doesn't need to come into it. Guilt is what's holding you back. You need to go, right, I'm excited to go for a run. Or, you know, you need to go up to Dublin. Well, I will say, like, I went playing football yesterday with um, Andy Joyce, comedian Andy Joyce. He invited me along to play with his five-a-side crew. And I loved it. Like, you know, I was delighted to be asked. And I went along and I played and I really enjoyed it. It's fun. And I'd happily do that more often. But again... I put on the plaster on my foot and it didn't seem to affect me during the five-side football, which sort of kind of surprised me. I thought I'd be standing back in goals or whatever, especially since the chest was coming on as well. But I felt good doing it yesterday. So while I do enjoy that, the problem is, I guess I'm just not planning ahead. I'm sort of reacting. I was asked to do it. I went and did it. I really enjoyed. But I'm not planning ahead. I'm not making that decision myself. And I think that's the greatest obstacle to overcome is to actually sit myself down and plan my day ahead. Because you're fighting against it. You're, you're looking to go, I shouldn't do this because of my heel. And that's totally detrimental to your outlook on it because your mental approach is just as important as your physical approach. You can't just say, oh, I don't have the time to do it now. Make the time. Yeah. I think the problem, though, is is just my general lack of adaptability in terms of, like, if I can't go for a run, I need to go to the gym. Whereas I haven't been, you know, I've just looked, I can't go for a run. So Time to eat some biscuit. A bit of that, yeah. So motivation and all that besides, what else have you done since the last episode that is, is fitness or, or some kind of way inclined? Thinking back now, I didn't do an awful lot this week. I've went for walks and things. Like, just in terms of what I actually got up to the, during the week, I was on my holidays in Bodike. I went to a wedding and then I went to Galway to an engagement party the following day. And then it was the bank holiday weekend, so there was a lot of stuff on. And then Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, because of poor scheduling on my own part, I ended up driving up and down to Dublin Monday and Tuesday, and I got the bus up and down to Dublin Wednesday. Bag of excuses. It's all a bag of excuses this week, yeah. An absolute bag of excuses. That's... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what do you want me to say? I can't lie. I'm just telling you what I did. I know it's not what I should have been doing, but I... There's no way you couldn't have put in 20 minutes any of those days to do the... Did you take, like, the, the vegetarian option at the wedding? Did you... No, do you know what? You posted up a picture on the, the, the Snapchat when you were on your holiday in Bodike going, I'm eating healthy. And you had a big baked block of camembert in front of you. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with cheese. <laughs> also, I find, and again, this fits into the health binge thing. If one thing goes wrong, the whole house crumbles and I've no sort of draw to do anything. But there, that's something going straight back to mindset that you can catch yourself up on and go, it's okay for something to go wrong. Yeah, but like if I'm not exercising, then I'm kind of like, meh, I'll just eat bad as well. So like the whole thing bundles on itself and it is a bad mindset. I don't know how to change the mindset properly. It's time for the guilty indulgent part that is the food diary, the thing we do every week where Stephen is going to lay out on the table what he's had on the table. And I'm particularly looking forward to this one since you've already told us you've been a bit off the centre this week. Yeah, like it started well on Wednesday when we left after filming the last podcast, or filming, (laughs) recording the last podcast. 
I went back out to Pudike and I had salad. You all already mentioned the camembert cheese, which was nice. It was grand. You know, I don't think any of that was particularly bad. Except for the huge block of cheese. But even at that, I don't think it was particularly bad. I think you need to do some reading up on cheese because it's not. It's, not fa- it, it's fatty, but in terms of actually um, like sugar, generally in my book, sugar is the, the bad thing. No, sugar is certainly bad, but you can't just deflect everything by going sugar. Thursday I had a salad again. You see, this is where my problem came in. Because I wasn't eating an awful lot during the day. Then when it came to the evening, I shared a plate of chips. With yourself? <laughs> I wasn't going all out in the chips. But I did have a few pints. I a small few pints that evening. Maybe two or three. Then on Friday, I was kind of in a state of remorse for the pints of Guinness and the chips that I had the previous day. And that I hadn't really been eating again, you know, all day. And then the problem was I went to a wedding that what I hadn't really banked on was I'd get really hungry and there'd be finger food. And also there was a big thing there of sweets. Oh! All my good intentions sort of crumbled a little there. And they had blackjacks and fruit salad sweets. So it's some kind of salad? (laughs) One of my five a day. That kind of threw the day I bit off kilter. Give us an idea of how much finger food and how much sweets. I was picking away at the sweets a good bit. Like the chicken and the finger food I wasn't too bothered with, but I was eating the sandwiches as well, and that was that was the bad part because of the sugar and the breads and stuff. I'm kind of getting that your translation of I wasn't too bothered by it was, well, I had my fun and that's all that matters. <laughs> There's a bit of that, but I think the chicken... It's chicken. It's only going to be a bad anyway. Southern fried, big sticky sauce on it. It was a sticky sauce. It was in breadcrumbs or whatever you call it. Anyhow, the following day, I went, a friend of mine got engaged. Uh, I went up and again, it was the finger food that crumbled that day. The following day then, I started out, well, I did banana omelette and uh, and then kind of went a bit south in the evening. I had uh, burger and chips. And then I had pints, a lot of pints that night. Okay. What day are we up to now? We're up to Monday now. And I went to Dublin that day. And again, I didn't eat much. I had chips late in the evening, but I had very little during the day. Tuesday, I had ribs. And that was it. I was kind of being good. On Wednesday, then I had to go to Dublin. I was in Dublin all these days. I went to Dublin and I had a Subway salad, which... A hallmark of good health. A hallmark of good health. It actually is is grand because it's quite filling and it's cheap and it's sizable. You know, it's it's quite a decent size salad and there's nothing bad in it really. Except for the fact that it's attached to Subway. It's it's all it's all fair game to go. It's a salad, but you you got to be concentrating on on what they're putting on the salad and. Well, I've got I when they ask me for dressing, I say no dressing. So it is just lettuce. But how much, like, this is a huge chain. Where is that salad coming from? How much preservatives have gone into those vegetables to make them still fresh? But even still, it's still a salad. No matter what they can do to it, lettuce is still going to be at the crux of it. It's going to be lettuce. I'm still eating lettuce. But there'll be so many preservatives They're not going to, like, cover it in sugar. It's still lettuce. I don't think any of that was particularly bad. And even if there was anything slightly bad in it, it, uh, it's, like, minimal compared to what the damage I would do. If I was left to my own devices. If there is anyone listening who either loves Subway or hates it or worked for Subway, maybe you could email us in or get us on the Facebook about the actual nutritional value of a, of a Subway salad. But it has to be. I mean, it's there's tomatoes there. Yeah, and... and there's tomatoes. Know. Like, you can't go too that far wrong with tomatoes. And jelly and strawberries are, are, are strawberries, so they're great. And I imagine as well, like, maybe in America it would be different, but I'm sure here in Ireland that, like, the salad probably comes from Ireland. Do you think there'd be a regulation on the vegetables in Subway? On growing vegetables anyway. You're not going to get anything that weird because all, all of it would be somewhat regulated. Especially if it's coming from, you know, if it is coming from Ireland, which I imagine a lot of it is. I'm not sure. Again, email us in. You can get us on Facebook. Just send us a mail or it's filibusterscomedy at gmail.com. So the next day then. I had a toasted sandwich and a few chips for my lunch, which was like not great, but it was, you know, I hadn't eaten much else. I had a burger then later in the night. So my problem tends to be I'm grand and then late in the night I get hungry and I eat something stupid. Okay, so before I give you my thoughts on it, tell me where you think you're falling down. I 
think I'm falling down because I'm not eating enough during the day and then eating something bad late at night. Yeah. And this, again, feeds into the whole not being prepared, not planning ahead. Exactly. That's exactly where I was trying to go with this. And I'm glad you got there yourself. And anyone listening, I'm not qualified in food at all. So maybe don't take my advice as gospel, but you are a total victim to your lifestyle. Yeah. You're not fitting in any time for exercise because you don't see it as something you should fit into your routine. You see it as something you should do in fits and bursts and that should be it. And that's the wrong way to go about it. You need to incorporate any kind of exercise daily and especially with food. It doesn't matter if you're traveling somewhere. You need to be eating. Whether that's going to be something that we need to look at in terms of making packed lunches or planning your meals for a week and making something huge on a Sunday night and having that until Wednesday or Thursday. You need to be eating not only the right things, but generally around the right times too. Yeah, I need to stop eating late at night. But problem is I'm eating because I'm kind of going, yeah, that was a great day. And now I'm hungry and I'm still going. That's totally okay. There's no reason to feel bad about that. And I often find myself on Fridays going, all right, sure, it's Friday. I'll get myself a bottle of wine. And that's totally okay. And you can never make yourself feel bad for that because it's an intensely human thing to do. Mm. But you're leaving out the fact that you've got to fit in regular meals. And this doesn't just apply to you. Even if you're not trying to lose weight, not eating during the day and then eating bad stuff at night is totally detrimental to your health. Yeah. Even that late at night, even if you're eating good things, your body's still not really getting the time to adjust because you're going to sleep soon. Mm. That it could even be healthier if you're having your burger at lunchtime. Make meal plans. And maybe that's something we'll set out at a little goal for you later on. But once you're eating at the right time, eating the right thing is going to come hand in hand with that. Let's kind of take a mental approach to this because this whole week, I think that's kind of the theme for the episode is that life has totally gotten in the way. What is it in your mind that you feel you can't fit these things in around it? Because, yeah, you've totally got a hectic lifestyle, but tons of people have a hectic lifestyle and they can fit it in. What what are you lacking? The planning. It comes back to the planning each time. Do you feel you're not able to plan? I just haven't been. I put it on the long finger, which is... (laughs) I put planning on the long finger, which uh, means that planning doesn't get done. And it, alongside everything else, gets placed on that long finger. And you need to not be afraid of planning. Planning doesn't have to seem something that's daunting. Mm. So maybe a small thing you can do in, in terms of making a plan is deciding to change your snacking habits. That doesn't mean not snacking. It just means changing what you're snacking on. Mm. haven't eaten a lot of fruit either this week. I did have the salad in Subway. <laughs> Which is fine. I'm telling you. That salad is grand. I'll find out for next week. I'll do my research on the nutritional value of Subway salads and we'll see. That's the food diary. We're going to come back to that again next week. And when you're doing your next food diary, do keep in mind what you're eating and when you're eating. It's time to talk about this week's challenge. Again, for anyone listening for the first time, this is a part of the show where each week I arrange for a special little challenge for Stephen. And I'm trying to make them a little bit off kilter because... It's boring for me to just sit here and talk to you. To keep my interest, I want you to do some weird stuff. So what I'd lined up for you this week, and we're going to be going doing that soon, is a spot of pole dancing. And when I told you about this last week, that we were going to be going and doing it, your first reaction was, this is, this is for strippers. And I want to say again, just like I said last week, this is a huge trend right now, that people are really getting into this as a form of fitness, and it's really empowering a lot of people. Do you still, after thinking about it for a week, feel a little nervous about going pole dancing? Yeah, a bit. I mean, I don't really know what it entails. I'm kind of, there's a part of me that's kind of curious as well. I'd like to know, like we were speaking to Gar Ben and he said about where, you know, the swinging out of the pole, the, the kind of holding your own body weight and so forth. So I'm kind of wondering, will I even be able to get up the pole? Will I just be kind of sitting at the bottom, uh, writhing? Could that be a matter of physics? I mean, can, a, can an 18 stone something yeah. man lift the weight of himself almost sideways if the pole's going to be beside you? Yeah. Okay. It's like the opposite of what we were doing last week of gym training and powerlifting. Mm. It'll be interesting anyway to see how it pans out. What's your biggest fear about it? Like, I don't know... I really don't know what way this is all going to happen. I am kind of concerned. Like, I don't know how to dress appropriately for pole dancing. I think I need to wear shorts, though, with netting for, you know, safety reasons. What safety reasons? To keep my manhood in check. Why? It's a bit like balls everywhere. Can't, like, I, you know, if I'm sticking my leg up, 
putting high. Are you worrying about hurting them or just them falling out? My modesty. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't really even thought about hurting them until now. Thanks. Well, you could. I mean, if you're swinging around a pole, you, you <laughs> ever ridden a horse? Once. It was fine. I don't remember crushing my balls against the horse. So you're, you're totally... Okay, that's the physical aspect. Is there any mental aspect you're worried about? Like, feeling really vulnerable? Because it is a quite exhibitionist thing. Mm. Yeah, I am an exhibitionist, though. You know, I do comedy, I do acting. So I am, to a certain extent, used to being the centre of attention. The only thing is, there's always that niggling thing at the back kind of going, you know, the secondary schoolers <laughs> kind of in, in my head... Will, will pick on me. You know, people who are long since gone. You're worried about people laughing at you? Essentially, yeah. You know, that I don't think there's anyone going to laugh at me particularly. Well, if it makes you feel more comfortable, I will definitely be laughing at you. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, lots of people will, I'm sure, laugh with me on the thing. No, no. With no, no. At you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that sense of, you know, being the focus of, of other people's derisive laughter. What about your own? With dance studios and stuff, any dance studio I've ever been, they've got huge mirrors. Are you always more afraid of seeing yourself to it? You seem to know an awful lot about this, Adam. No, when we went to, to college in, in UL, they had a dance school and any of their studios in there are okay. all mirrors. What was your question? Are you worried about seeing yourself doing it? Not really. But like I said before, when I look in the mirror, I just see perfect. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go now and talk to Stacey from Spikes Pole and Fitness in Clonmel, get a little interview and do a spot of dancing. You can catch some of the footage over on Facebook. Let's pop over. For this week's challenge, we're here in Clonmel with Stacey Spikes from Spikes Pole Dancing and Fitness. Hiya. <laughs> You're a self-taught dancer. I am, yes. What stuck out to you about pole dancing and how did you go about teaching yourself, more importantly? Okay, um, about six years ago, I saw it on TV and I thought to myself, that was a really, a really fun workout and my husband bought me a pole for Christmas. And then about two months after getting the pole, I decided, okay, I kind of want to start doing this, but there was nowhere in town at the time that taught it. So I bought DVDs online and just kind of started teaching myself, really. I have a really stubborn streak, so <laughs> once I started, that was it. I was like, I have to get good at this and I just kept going from there. And how, wait, what year did you open? Um, about two years ago, I started getting into it and then I opened this studio in September of 2015. So this is the proper studio space. And you, you've won two awards at the Pole Princess competition? Yes, in 2012 I, I went first place in Advanced Amateur and in 2013 I actually made the poster for it. I was the poster girl for 2013 and that was my first professional competition and I placed third in the professional category. I was just lucky. In my own case, I used to be looking up YouTube videos all the time. Anybody who starts on pole knows when you start getting into it and start looking up other people. You just, you could spend hours on end watching other people dance. Um, And I came across Carol Helms, one of my personal favorite dancers from the US. And I started following her on Facebook then she announced she was coming to Ireland to teach workshops. I was like, oh, where is she coming? And found out it was in, in Bray. So then I decided to go up to Bray. I, I honestly didn't even realise there was other studios in Ireland. I thought it was UK and that. Didn't think it was big at all in Ireland. So I went to Bray and got to know people there. And that's when I first started hearing about competitions and workshops. And the um, whole world was opened up for me. So um, it was great. So you're, you were basically learning from, from your idols when you would go to those workshops? Yeah, yeah. The workshops I go to usually are people I'd watch on YouTube, um, people who've won competitions in America, Europe, wherever else, and they tend to travel around and teach their workshops, their signature moves. And anyone who I've taken a particular liking to, I've gone to their workshops and learned an awful lot from them. And actually, um, Alethea Austin, I did a workshop with her the same day as the competition I won and she happened to be there uh, to see me and she said that I was her favourite of the night. Brilliant. So oh, that, that alone was the cherry on top to the night before I was even announced as the winner that she actually approved of my routine and it was my first sexy style routine and she is about the sexy style so that made me so happy that she approved of it. 
there's a good way to jump into that part of the conversation. There's a difference between sexy style and style for fitness. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, everybody's different. Some people do both. I personally am a big fan of the sexy side of pole, but I like the fitness side too. I like the strength side. I like to really challenge myself. Um, but I also like to challenge myself on the floor with floor work. I like to wear heels. I think it's like taking on another persona when you're you know, on the sexy side. You know, I, I personally find my confidence comes out more when I put on the sexy side. That's not for everybody, but definitely works for me. And I actually teach a sexy class as well, called Spikesotic, a trademark. <laughs> and it's all about the sexy side, because I know it's not something everyone wants to do. So if people do want to learn it, they can do the sexy class. And it tends to be a really good turnout, and they find it a really good workout. While we're talking about the, the sexy style of it, um, because I don't think you, you can... You can talk about pole dancing without using the word do you see pole dancing and pole fitness as a very feminist kind of exercise or of expression or should that even matter well i do think it's heavily on the female side but that doesn't mean men can't do it too like and yeah nail it. Uh, sorry and nail it <laughs> yes nail it indeed <laughs> but yeah it is female dominated but it's starting to get more and more popular for men too and some people they make the assumption oh but he has to be gay if he's doing it or it has to be feminine if it's a guy it doesn't have to be um same way that it doesn't have to be feminine if it's a girl like a girl can make it sporty or whatever way she wants it's all about the style you put into it um, and yeah there's plenty of feminine male dancers there's plenty of you know, not so feminine male dancers. It, it's all about the style you want to incorporate into it. But men are definitely getting more and more into it and it's not um, as questioned about as it used to be. Hopefully it'll get to the point, same as the women, that it's not as... Uh, exactly, yeah. So it's almost a, a disservice to it to say it's, it's, it's feminist, it's, it's empowering yeah, for everybody. Yeah, like, being honest, here I do teach mostly women, um, but I do teach guys too. But I definitely teach more women. Um, but I think it's more fear than anything that stops men from coming here. They're afraid of what other people will think of them coming in here. I have plenty of men that say to me, I'd love to try it. I'd love to give it a go. And I've said, I'll do a male-only class if you want. You know, only fellas can do it in that class. And they still go, oh, but, you know, what will other people think if I do it? Or I'm afraid I'll just get slagged. Or they say, I don't care what people think. But I'll probably get a slagging. <laughs> so they really do care what but other people think. You found with most people who have come to the classes that though they might think that at the start, not very much time goes by and they go, you know what, this is awesome. I love this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like you, I get people coming in that say, oh, I told so-and-so that I was doing pole and I shouldn't have told them because they're making fun of me or they think it's stripping or whatever they want to put it as. But you're always going to get people like that. Um, that think of it a certain way. Like the best way I explain it is, personally, I'm not a football fan. There's nothing you can show me or tell me about football that's going to make me change my mind. And I think it's the same with pole. Not everyone is going to like what you do. Um, and that's why I say, swear everyone else, if you like what you do, you shouldn't matter what other people think. Haters um, going to hate. Exactly. Yeah. Haters are going to hate. And especially when you get really good at it. They tend to hate you even more, which is great. Because <laughs> it means they're jealous. Um, and as long as you enjoy it, there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Um, if we're to put away the, the stigma of what it might have from other people looking in, from the self looking out, with students who come in, how important do you think it is that they're comfortable with their body before they start? Well, it's very important. Um, like I've had students coming in plenty of times saying, oh God, I won't be seen dead in a pair of shorts like those, or you won't see me with my legs out in class, um, or crop tops, anything like that. I never tell someone coming in the door, you have to wear this. But I do say that over time, as you get more advanced, moves are going to be harder with more clothing. There's a reason why pole dancers wear shorts and crop tops, and it's because you need fabulous. your skin. Yes, it is <laughs> so fabulous. Um, there's nothing like wearing a nice pair of shorts <laughs> while you're working out. <laughs> but um, 
on a serious side, it's you need skin. You need skin to grip onto the pole, and unless you're wearing clothes made of PVC, you're not going to stay. You're not just an instructor. You're also qualified in fitness. Well, I did um I did an ETM course, which is exercise to music, which means that I can teach like aerobics and things like that. And then I did my pole course. I also did a freestyle fitness yoga course, so I can teach I teach yoga as well. See, and you're when you compete competitively. I mean, this is this is your life. Yeah. You absolutely live this. So, do you have a diet that goes with that, or? Yeah, I do think if you are training for a competition or if you're doing this full time, like myself, of course, diet definitely plays a part. If you're not eating well, you'll have no energy, and I've I've lived through that. I've had times where I haven't eaten well and I've fallen asleep coming into class and I have no energy whatsoever. You need to fuel your body for what you're doing. Mm. So it is definitely important to, to eat well as well. People think, oh, I'll just go to a class and I'll lose weight. You need to have your diet in check as well if you want to take yeah. any form of fitness seriously. What parts of your body is dancing best for and the, the fitness best for? Where, where, where does it work out? What are the benefits for the okay. body of pole dancing yeah. and fitness? So generally it's an overall body workout. It does work your upper body, I think, more than anything. I never appreciated back muscles in my life until I started pole. <laughs> um, and then I started noticing my back started getting more defined. And I've had random people on nights out coming up to me saying, what do you do? Like, your back is so muscly. I'm bringing it, sexy back. Yeah, I'm bringing <laughs> sexy back. Uh, people think I rock climb. I said, well, I climb something, but it's not rocks. <laughs> um, but it does work your upper body. Um, it does work out your core as well. As you get more advanced, it works more parts of your body. Like in the beginning, it would work out a lot of your arms. And then as you were going upside down, like doing your inverts. I've had people say to me, Stacey, my ass has gotten bigger. How is that possible? And I say, it's because when you're upside down, you're gripping with your thighs. So if you think of holding a, a plank position, you're holding a pose and you're engaging your body. Same with the invert, you're squeezing your thighs and you're holding it as long as you can. If you're squeezing your thighs like that, of course you're going to work out your legs and butt. Um, but I would say it is a bit more upper body, but it does work out everything else as well. So it's overall a really good workout. It's good for cardio, but mainly conditioning. Do you have an age restriction on your classes? Yes, and that is mainly for insurance purposes, not because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. There are studios that do teach kids, um, and it's obviously totally different to adults. I remember on a UK TV show they had kids dancing on this morning, I think, and there was uproar over it. People were like, you're sexualizing children and pedophiles will be watching this. And it's like, if you're sexualizing kids, doing gymnastics, it's not the kids that are the problem. Um, pedophiles might be watching the morning shows anyway. And that's amazing because anybody who would be complaining about that just isn't seeing how... They're not seeing the gymnastics, they're thinking strippers and that that's what the kids are learning but, it's like but, no that's not at all what the kids are learning what about the far end then hmm I'm trying to think like i have a student that is turning 50 and she is amazing absolutely amazing um 50 is you know who you are she's gonna uh, have a heart attack when she hears this <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way um, but right. i mean i think age is just a number like in my case with teaching I, I don't think my qualification has a limit. Um, How many classes are you in a week here? Let me think. I'm doing about two classes, four nights a week. And have you room in the classes for anybody listening in, in Tipperary? Oh yeah, or? always. I always can make room. <laughs> always can. People always ask me, what days do you teach? And I'm like, you tell me what suits you and I'll work around that. If I get enough of a demand for a certain day and a certain time, I will put that class on. It's not necessarily, I'll just say, I only do Tuesdays or, yeah. you know, I'll work around whatever suits everybody else. And where can people find out how to do that? Because I really hope, just from having seen Stephen do this, I want more people to do this. I, I, <laughs> it's, it was awesome. The, the look on your face doing it is just, wow, I've, I've just done pole dancing. <laughs> yeah, but it was great to watch. Honestly, yeah. it was. Uh, especially doing um, the sexy side. Yeah. I loved watching it. Like, it, was, it was very fun. He had a real sexy streak in him, didn't he? <laughs> I've got those fuck me eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was your face. It's like, like I said, Jordan, you really went somewhere. <laughs> but like I said, I think sexy style brings out another persona. Yeah. That's what I love about it, is that 
with the fitness side, I think you're very concentrated. This is just my own experience with it, is that you're very concentrated and you're thinking about the move. But when you're doing sexy movement, you just go into your own little world and you put your, your own style comes out with that. You know, everybody's sexy style is different. Mm. Um, and that's where your personality comes through. And that's why I think it looks great. Because you can see it in people's faces when they're really enjoying it. And that's what I love. But yeah, if people do want to find my classes, if you go onto Facebook and type in Spikes Pole Dance and Fitness or type in Stacy Spikes, uh, that's Spikes with a Y, by the way. People think Spikes, you know. Of course. <laughs> so Spikes with a Y, uh, Spikes Pole Dance and Fitness or Stacy Spikes, you'll find me on Facebook. Yeah, you'll find, we'll also put the link to her Facebook page on our page as well, so you, can, you just can't avoid it. Are there things he could be doing at home that would help his general fitness routine but with a whole fitness I have people mind. ask me that here um, you know people that say is there anything you can do separate to pole it's always good to cross train anyway a lot of people cross train like I do a little cross train as well I, I do like weighted squats and stuff um, to balance out with the legs and the arms um, and I teach yoga I personally find yoga really really good for pole because it improves your flexibility as well as strengthens you there's a particular one I love to do, and um, I call them under the fence. Um, you're pretty much in a downward dog position, and then you're pushing down to a cobra. So you can imagine there's a fence in front of your fingertips, and you go under the fence head first, and then you go into a cobra. Then from there, you push back up into your downward dog, and you go again, and you just do a few of those. Because personally, I am not a fan of normal push-ups, normal crunches. I don't like the those kind of things. I like things that look interesting. Did you, you, know? you find them boring or you just think they're yeah, not good I just, to your body? I don't like to count like, okay, I'm gonna do 30 crunches and this many push-ups. Um, I prefer to do things that are fun. You know, things that I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. So the under the fence I find really fun. I personally find that really great for the arms, for a pole, and it's good for the core to steady yourself as you're doing all these moves. Stacey, thank you very much. Thank you. Again, Stacey. if you want to find out more about Stacey, it's Spikes Pole and Fitness in Clonmel. You get it on Facebook and you can just type it into Google. It'll probably come up. I'm you sure know? it will, yeah. We'll have the link on the Facebook page and thanks very much for having us. Thank you very much. It was great. <laughs> thanks a million, Stacey. And we're back. How was that? Fun. It was fun. It was, um, actually the room was gorgeous. It was just really like even before we started dancing and took part in the class, it was just generally fun swinging out of the poles. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lovely space to start with. Well, just describe the space there for people who haven't seen the videos or... There was, I think it was five poles uh, in the room and there's a twisty pole and the rest of them were stationary. So you could just kind of go around and... And then all of the, the walls were, or not all of them, but there was a wall of mirrors along one end. And the room was then all lit up with sort of fairy lights. Yeah, it was a beautiful studio and she had like these LEDs pointing at particular poles to give them sexiness. It was a beautiful studio. It was really, really good. And Stacey's thing was blue. Her hair was blue. The yeah. walls were blue. Everything was blue in it. And it just gave this really cool atmospheric place that was quite highly stylized, but still very comfortable to be in. One of the things that really kind of surprised me was, like I had said in beforehand, that I didn't know whether I'd be able to get up in the pole. But some of it, like I just, I think I just didn't know what I was to expect or what pole dancing was essentially, aside from, you know, just stereotypical things in my head about pole dancing. But how just simple things, like Stacy said, the very first thing that we would look at, we'd try to do is, you know, when you see a pole, you start to try to swing out of it. She said, just basically try to get that. And there's a bit of footwork in it. But you quickly kind of realise, oh, I can kind of do something at least. Yeah. There's something here. But the thing that I think surprised me most was I was able to climb the pole. Now, I didn't climb it, but I was able to get up on it and kind of hold myself on it. But that was your big battle of the day. You spent a good time and you stopped and you came back to actually climbing the pole. Yeah. That was a huge battle for you. It was. And I, I think it was because I surprised myself in the first place of being able to get up on the pole. Now I got kind of tired and wasn't able to actually progress up the pole. But I was um, I was able to, 
to, to actually get up and not be on the ground and kind of hold myself in that position, which was surprising for me. I didn't, just didn't think that was a kind of a goer really at all. We, we started out and we were just doing kind of, I suppose what we were doing initially was more so the fitness style in that um, it was more so getting the, the routine down, getting simple transitions. Well, I say simple. They were simple for Stacey, but they weren't obviously for me. It was just a case of trying to get. And when I say get them down, I mean just actually able to do them. I mean, I'm not cutting myself into thinking that I'm now some sort of a proper pole dancer because I was able to twirl around the pole. But, you know, there's, there's all style. It's kind of like dancing. You know, you can do a waltz. Well, hence go. the name pole dancing. It's murder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it is. I know what you yeah, mean. It's, it, well, I, I, like when you're doing it, it kind of feels more like gymnastics than dancing. But, you know, in my head, it felt like I'm doing kind of gymnastics. No, I, I totally understand what you mean. I was just being a bit of a dick there. It's as opposed to running or going to a, a gym. There is a really specific way to do this movement. Yeah, and it's not all about just doing it, just being able to make your way around the pole. But it's kind of the, the grace with which you can do it, uh, which obviously was not something that I'm really blessed with. Do you know what, though? i got to say, and it totally kills me, you were brilliant. How would you mean? There wasn't... When I can say you were brilliant, the best thing is that there wasn't one moment where you were any way ironic about yourself. You committed, and when you were doing the sexy style, you felt it. You had this face on you that you were loving it. And any bit of praise she gave you, your face lit up. You were kind of jumping and giddy. I didn't expect you to like it. I didn't expect you to be able to do it. I did this kind of for me just to go, well, this is a great way of getting Stephen to do something silly. But you rocked it. You were so good at it. And most importantly, and this is what we were talking about earlier on, you loved it. But like that, you say, you were saying that I, um, you were saying that it was, I, there was nothing ironic. There was nobody there to be ironic to Stacy is, well, you know, she knows exactly what she's doing. You were there on the sound, and I'm kind of used to you. <laughs> so, you know, I could just get into it and do it. There was no, like, I was enjoying it. And when you do something, even as unsexy as me swinging out of a pole can be, you do kind of go, okay, well, I'm doing kind of what I imagine, you know, when you do sexy uh, yeah. pole dancing. You do kind of imagine yourself kind of as a stripper, a female stripper in my imagination for some reason. Did you go there? Were you a woman in your head when you were doing it? I think so, because I've never, like, my association with strippers generally is, would be female, because, like, maybe a bit of uh, that, ma- is it not mad, Mike, magic Mike. Magic Mike, yeah. Maybe a bit of that, but just because you see them more commonly on television, so you're kind of going to... That's really interesting. And so also, also because uh, Stacey was showing me, so you kind of, you know, I'm learning from a woman, so so you kind of don't... Um, I didn't feel like... I don't think that was even what a man would generally do. I'm not sure. When you say you were a woman, did being a woman in your I head make it easier to do? I didn't say I was a woman. <laughs> let's, let's cut this in the bud here. I didn't say you I was... You were picturing a, yourself as a woman. No, I was dancing as I imagined a woman would dance because, like, I was going kind of legs akimbo a bit and things. I, I, I felt it was more effeminate than it was uh, kind of a masculine. Does that take away from it in any way from what you did? No, it was just uh, what I was learning. That's really interesting. So when you were doing, because we've got that one video where you're not up on the pole, she was just showing you the sexy style and you're, you got the pole in your hands and you're kind of wiggling your hips. Yeah. Where were you in your head at that moment? Because now that you've got this woman thing going in, were you playing a woman? Were you still Stephen? What What were you channeling right I there? I was still Stephen. But when you were trying to channel sexy, what depiction of sexy? I imagined, though, what the dance was. Like, because I, I don't think... I put Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I don't imagine that's how a male dancer would generally dance. Okay. So that's the performance mental side of it as an exercise how was that it was it was tiring like if you watch the videos on facebook um you can see the sweat just all down the front of my top oh yeah um like i was wrecked and even stacy had grip because you need to have uh, grip to hold on to the poles so i needed to put grip on my legs and and grip on my hand just because i was sweating and I just slide to the bottom of the pole. Yeah. So you know that it was very kind of tiring, and also then like after it, 
I could really feel it in my shoulders. And the one place, and I know which exercise caused it, but the one place that really kind of caught me a bit by surprise was my inner thigh from when I was holding myself on the pole. I was obviously using that muscle and I've never used it before or whatever, or hadn't used it in such a long time. I'm not sure why I would ever have used it, quite frankly. Yeah. And would you do it again? Because the whole way through, and maybe we got this in the interview, you never stopped smiling. Even if you weren't being praised, because anytime you were praised again, you got little giddy dance. But when you'd finished a move and when you'd done it right, you were absolutely delighted with yourself. You were so happy. You just didn't have a smile off of your face for the whole two or three hours we were there. Would you go again? I don't know. You see, there's a difference too between, <laughs> in terms of uh, going back to sort of nearly being laughed at. So I'm not sure because we were, we mentioned it earlier doing it as part of the podcast is almost feeding into my own exhibitionism yeah whereas doing it just because i enjoy it i maybe would be self-conscious i don't know i hadn't really thought about that but and but, there's no reason i really should be other than egotry on my own part but considering how much you loved that mm. Is there nothing in you that, and considering how much you said it was a good workout for certain parts of your body, is there nothing that I go, you know what, because of the way I enjoyed that, that might be better for me than going to a public gym three oh, times a week? It probably would be, yeah. And if I had like, if, you know, there just happened to be a pole in my home, I think I would be at it the whole time. The, the trick is, there is that taboo. And while I could do it, I'm not sure would I, and it, that might be the reason. Okay. self-consciousness and just to say a bit about the woman herself and the class she was a brilliant teacher brilliant yeah and like that you know she she'd make you feel good about yourself doing full it of then. praise full of praise and you, that's what you kind of need because you do need to to kind of feel like you're making progress and that's what fed into it being such a brilliant experience and also like that i was concerned that i would you know, just be kind of slumped at the bottom of the pole. But you weren't. But she, yeah, she, you know, she knew where to start. She knew what she was about and she knew what she could reasonably expect from me. And she sort of, I think in some respects, she, she kind of tried to find my level. She realized that I have some coordination and that I'm able to, and that I have certain, like uh, certain strengths. So she kind of tailored it to, to my own ability. Yeah, and she was so good with you. She taught really well. She was incredibly patient, completely positive, really, really knowledgeable about not only brilliant, the fitness yeah. side, but the history of pole dancing as well. She was brilliant. Yeah. Can you rate that as a challenge? 24 thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find out more about Stacey and Spike, you can find her on Facebook under Spike's Pole Dance and Fitness. She runs her classes in Clonmel, but I think anyone in that area should totally travel down to get a class there because it's well worth the experience. It's a brilliant workout. And she's a fantastic teacher. Yeah, and even just to give it a go. Like, I've no, definitely no regrets for having done it. Because I kind of know, you know, it was just a learning curve as well. It was a learning experience. That was, that was fun. Excellent. Now we're at a new section of the show. This is something that I thought we should introduce. And it's going to review fitness media. Things you can get online. Apps, blogs, websites. This week we're going to talk about an app from Peregree called the 7 Minute Workout. It's available on the iTunes store. I think you can get it for Android things too. You can also get it for the Apple Watch and anything. So any device you've got, you can get it. This app is all about short little workouts you can do. Which totally plays into what we've been talking about this week. Things you can fit in around your life called a seven minute workout you've got 12 different exercises you've got to do it gives you 30 seconds to do each of them with 10 second breaks in between i told you to go after in the week and give this a go what did you think of it i think it's actually very practical like none of the seven you don't need any equipment you can just do them there's push-ups there's wall sits there's uh, tricep dips there's planks running on spot jumping jacks so there's lots, uh, they're all quite, quite simple, but it's good in that, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, it, one, of the good, one of the real benefits is you kind of know exactly what, you're just told what to do. Yeah. And I find that if I'm just told what to do, I can go ahead and do it. Whereas if I'm trying to figure out what I should do next or how many reps or how many, and that's always kind of the, the daunting bit. So it kind of takes the wonder out of it. And is it still challenging? It is challenging. Like, you would be 
like 30 seconds with 10 seconds off that would be I'm sure if I got was doing it consistently over a period of time it wouldn't be a bother to me but like starting off yeah it is a bit of a challenge what's great about this app too is it works in a reward system so it it knows how often you're using it and stuff so if you chocolate (laughs) it gives you chocolate if you do it twice in a day you get a little award if you do it like 10 times a day the more you do it the more you get your little badges to say you've done great and if you haven't done it in a week it'll tell you yeah it's a great just home personal fitness thing for especially for people like you who are saying it's really hard to find a way to work exercise into my lifestyle this is developed for exactly that you can do it at home done in less than 10 minutes if you do it in the first thing in the morning you don't even need to change do that thing before you go to bed at night absolutely perfect yeah no it is it's a good idea and it's just it's practical it is seven minutes it's it's not really going to interfere with anything in your day and you don't need anything to be there for you in order to do it so you think with that in mind it'll be easy to work this into your daily routine i think i can yeah i think i will as well because like that it is just something simple i'd be kind of a waste not to great we'll take a look at another app next week this is called the seven minute workout Seven with high intensity interval training challenge by Peregree. You can get it on the iTunes store as well as this lovely podcast. Super. Back in the net. So Stephen. So Adam. Next week's challenge. Yeah. This week we went pole dancing. You were a little hesitant at first. You were a little afraid. I think your first reaction last week was, what will I wear? (laughs) Where do you think it's going next? I don't know. You a little afraid? I could swing anyway, I think. It could. That's what I like about the challenges. It's, it's where I get my fun. This week, we're staying in Limerick. You're going to try out a little bit of roller derby. Roller derby. Do you have any previous knowledge about roller derby? No, but roller suggests like roller blades or roller skates or something, which wouldn't be my forte. I'm sort of a, a shoe man myself. And derby suggests a rocking good time. Yeah. Roller derby is a sport that you're dead right. It's done on roller skates. And you've got two teams. I think there could be up to like 15 people, but maybe there's only five on a, on a pitch at a time. And i got to say, it's brutal. It's so aggressive. The way you play roller derby is you skate around in a circle and each team has one person called the jammer and they get points for each person they pass out on the other team. But the other team are pretty aggressively trying to stop that jammer from doing anything okay so it's it's beating each other up on roller skates yeah that i think i could beat myself up on roller skates quite frankly yeah that does sound a bit sore it does well you're going to be getting your, your first lesson from the limerick roller team what's your what's your thoughts on it i know you you don't love roller skates anyway so this yeah i've bad ankles can you skate like i can stand in roller skates and kind of hold on to something and drag myself along. And I can probably go a small bit, but then I have to make my way back because my ankles get very tired. Well, to give an indication about how aggressive and, and truly terrifying this sport is, one of the things they told me that you need to have going with you is a mouth guard. A mouth guard. But if a sport needs a mouth guard, it's, it's pretty aggressive. And this is yeah. skating while needing a mouth guard. And is there's no ball or anything in there? No ball. Just kind of just like keep going keep going don't stop don't get beat up or beat people up if you have to okay from what i know i really can't imagine this i'm going to have to google it like even with the description which is quite clear i still just can't imagine this i just can't like is it all body checking or what or do you push somebody off their skate or i don't know i don't know so much about it because this is one of these sports that's you always hear about but you never you never get to see it which is why i think it'd be fun for you to try it out because mm. people listening are likely not to have heard much about it either so it'll be good to kind of explore what roller derby and is do i get to wear knee pads and things in case i fall over probably yeah because i would i think in case i fall over is probably overstating it a bit yeah yeah because like i i went on ice skating when i was in america years ago and it was awful uncomfortable so is that your biggest fear about it, is, is just falling? Yeah, well, that's what happened when I went ice skating. What happened when you went ice skating? I fell on my arse. That happens, everybody ice skating, though. That shouldn't put you off ice skating. It's sore, and 
I'm just, I'm not very good with them, them kind of things. Well, that's good from my point of view. That'll yeah. be excellent. Roller Derby, do listen in next week and um, we get our training with the Limerick Roller Derby team. Listen in and see how it goes because I'm pretty excited about this. I've got no idea what to expect. All right. We're nearly at the end of the show now, so it's time for the part that I always wait for and I imagine why most people say listening to the end of the show, the weigh-in. Now, if you can take us through the very first week, you were 18-12. Last week, you were 18-7. Mm. Where do you want to be this week? Bearing in mind that it's been a huge setback of a week for you. Yeah, I would like to be down. I nearly settled to break even. That means you're, and I can see in your face now, you're kind of worried that you're going to be up. Yeah, I'm concerned I'd be up. Like, I would be a little bit worried that I'm going to be up because the exercise has been kind of slim, unlike myself. And the dieting, while it hasn't been awfully bad, there's been a lot of kind of, you know, loose bits in there. Let's find out now. Get your headphones off, get over to the scales. Go for it. Where is it? 18.6. That's one pound less than last week. That's all right. One pound. I obviously not what I would want in the grand scheme of things, but I'm not kind of happy at least. I broke the half stone mark. That's something. That is something. And it's something you should be, you should be happy enough about. Go and sit down and get your, get your headphones back on, relax. It's okay. You've lost half a stone. That's in two weeks. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like, obviously, I my goals were kind of set that I, I was hoping to be down under the 18 stone at this point. But um, I, I'm I'm going to take it. I'm kind of happy enough. And hopefully, hopefully I can kind of... The good thing about the podcast is I sort of refoot every time, you know, like, I could have just given up. But I know I have to do it, so I have to refocus. So even though... Maybe the way in wasn't what all I'd hoped it would be. I now have to refocus and kind of take on the goal of getting down for next week. Yeah. Now I know I said it before. Maybe I said it in last week's show. But you're a pretty impatient dude. Mm. You want, and even like we were talking to Gar, and he was kind of going, "This is unrealistic." To be two weeks in and go, oh, "I'm not under eighteen yet," even though that's what you wanted to be. Mm. And the first one is that really frightening you? It is disappointing, and. I do find the whole thing to be sort of mm, exhausting in its own right. I do find it to be tiring to be dieting, to be, you know, putting in the effort and just not getting what I want back, essentially back out to the full extent. Having said that, though, I'm also grateful that I'm feeling so much better playing sports that I'm, you know, I do feel the better of it. So, you know, small mercies. Exactly. 18.6. We'll be down again next week. Yeah. There you go. I think maybe what you might be forgetting about it is you're concentrating on this goal of lose five stone rather than concentrating on being five stone lighter. Mm. You're, You're picturing what you have to lose rather than what you'll be at the end. And I think the end product is something that should really motivate you to go, I'll be thinner, I'll be happier. Yeah, no... I would. What I'm actually really looking forward to is being able to fit into clothes that I have have that I just don't fit into anymore. That's something I'm excited about, and it won't take an awful long wait to go down. You know, if I even get down to seventeen ten, I'll probably be comfortable in some clothes that just aren't fitting me at the minute. With that half stone you've lost, have you noticed any difference in your shape or your complexion? Or I think it's gone a bit off my face. You would notice it in just because I don't look as bloated in in the face. Yeah, and people have stopped <laughs> calling you chubby face, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, and and that was a whole half pound on my face. It was nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, you lost a half pound Our of half, face. Everything half else is the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, hopefully next week we'll get it down even more. Yeah, this week has been a big setback week. I'm going to kind of agree to disagree. It's has been as not as good as I wanted, but it hasn't been a setback. I am down a pound, which is a progression. It's just a far slower progression than I'm happy with. Weight-wise, totally, you're down. But your mental approach, your actual approach, and, and the way you've gone about it has been a setback. 
a lot of your life is really coming the way yeah. getting something that you're starting to see as a as a hindrance and a pain in the arse but you want to do this you want to lose this weight that it's almost become this kind of monkey on your back now yeah yeah it it was difficult especially all the traveling that i did this weekend i know within reason the coming week isn't going to be much more difficult i'm going to Galway tonight i'm getting the roaching dove i'm going to be in uh, dublin tomorrow morning i'm going to be in Killarney on sunday and on the 12th then i'm over to london so there is a very hectic week ahead as well it's not going to be any different uh, i'm going to try and make a concerted effort to rein that in this week so that regardless of what i'm doing my focus is going to be on i'm going to say not just losing weight but eating right and exercising yeah and i think like you've just said about this you're going to galway you're going to dublin you're going to london same last week so you need to change the way you're thinking about these things it can't be a thing of something's got to give because you're always going to be traveling you're always going to be doing this so that's your life and you need to accept that and say okay yeah i'm always on the go now it's time to figure out how to make these work together because they don't have to contrast you're always going to have a reason to not do something if you're traveling but most people have nine to five jobs so they're gone for a certain amount of hours a day that time you're going to be spending driving up to Dublin, doing your gig, coming back. There is no reason not to think about that as a regular work day. Mm. And apply fitness things the exact same way as anybody else would. So we're talking and we're going to do a checklist. Right. And you've added some things, I've added some things. The first item on your checklist. I've decided that one of the things I was really complaining about is the fact that I've not been eating enough during the day and therefore eating late at night and I think the best way to launch an assault on that problem is to start eating breakfast every day now for a lot of people I'm sure that's kind of a well the situation but if I eat breakfast every day I'll probably kickstart my metabolism and I'll be hungrier at lunchtime and I'm more likely to eat at lunchtime and and eat again for sure and there's no ideal time for breakfast if you're out and you're gigging in Galway and you don't get home till two just because you don't get up at eight o'clock in the morning doesn't mean you can't have breakfast it's completely okay that if you're going to sleep at three and waking up at 11 that's your normal routine that's Mm. your breakfast time the second one second one is going to be set meal plans so two days in advance I'll know what I'm doing or should know at least say I'm going to Clarny, I should be able to plan for that so that rather than reacting when I'm hungry that I actually have something planned out that I'll have my you know tea whatever it'll be before I leave and uh, so I don't end up getting a burger on the way home or twice once the way up and once on the way back as happened before this podcast was launched and that's a great idea because if you know what you're eating a couple of days in advance you know you can cook something and freeze it and you can bring it with you yeah and that is a great way of keeping your diet and your lifestyle merged together but there is one thing that you probably need to change the way you're thinking about the word diet because diet is something now that's becoming this kind of scary monster whereas diet is just a word for the way you eat it doesn't have to be a huge change in the way you eat Mm. well probably should be given what i was eating beforehand yeah, but it doesn't need to be a bad change. It just means, you know, mm. uh, which brings us to the next one, which is regular daily exercise. Yeah. And you know yourself you need to do that because it's all about reaching this balance. And that's what we've discovered in this episode is that your lifestyle, you're not willing to accept both at the same time. But because this is your life and it's not going to change, you need to bring them both together. Well, I've decided to take the app that you recommended there, the seven minutes app, and I'm going to do that twice a day. So regardless of where I am, it's something I can do. And I'm going to, for this week, so I'm going to eat breakfast every day. I'm going to have meal plans. And I'm going to, I'm going to use that app twice a day. So even if I've got a match, we'll say, I'll use the app because I don't think it's going to interfere with... Anything. It's seven minutes. Seven minutes, yeah. The food diary is another thing we need to concentrate on. I think we need a little bit more detail and a more kind of comprehensive breakdown. The last thing for the checklist that I want to introduce here is an actual real diary. And it can be a new feature we do that'll maybe be a couple of minutes and you can read it out. But you've got this big problem 
with the way you're viewing everything. Mm. So for you to write down your feelings about something you've done, if you've, say you've gone to Dublin and you're sitting down that night and you're, you're about to eat all your snacks, write down how you're feeling at that, that moment, maybe before and after, and pick moments during the week, just write down what you can, and we'll come back and we'll read some of it, and you'll be able to put it out there and go, I shouldn't feel bad about doing this, or, oh, I had this thought and... and it affects on how I'm looking at things because a big thing you need to do is change the way you look at it and go this is a good thing I'm doing I'm doing it for me and I'm going to end up where I want to end up you need to start seeing this as a positive rather than a hindrance to your life yeah anything that you see relevant write about but it's just this big mental block you've got that I'm really concentrating on trying to get you to work on that and if you can't go out for a run because it's raining write down I can't go for a run because it's raining and tomorrow you're going to look at that and think I could have ran in the rain I like running in the rain there you go it's my heel is the problem <laughs> but write that down and look you can look back then and go oh well I was right there I was wrong there analyzing your thoughts and the way you respond to the world is a hugely important thing in, in anything so it'll be great to come back next week after telling yourself this week that you can't do things and just look at the way you think about things now yeah hopefully this heel will get better soon excuse binge <laughs> But that's it for this week. We've had our ups and downs, but you're down weight. So down weight. that's that's, that's the main positive. thing. You're feeling good going out about it now, going into a whole new week. Just think about things more positively. Yeah. I'll try to keep away from the burgers. <laughs> and the cheese and the bread and the sugar. <laughs> I'm Adam Lahey. This has been Health Binge. Beside me here is... Stephen Ryan. Tune in next week. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>